Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Miri? We are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. You got drafted. I will be back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment and the veteran's deferment? If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Mary will be taken care of. If something happens to you, Dan, 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. Hey, what's this for? It's just a test. Oh, a seatbelt. Was it a driving test? No, you don't have jokes in the future. Welcome to Paris on Pictures podcast. My name's Damien. And I'm Andy. What we do each and every single episode is we watch something on a popular streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube, a little bit Disney Plus. We come in here and we talk about it and try to decide whether you should invest your time or not as busy parents uh, to go and watch it. So, Andy, what are we doing this episode, dude? Uh, this episode, we've got uh, The Tomorrow War, uh, which is on Amazon Prime. And it's a 20 years, this year was released. Um, it's an American military science fiction action film. <laughs> uh, see how many genres we can get in there. But essentially, uh, Chris Pratt is a family man and he's drafted to fight in a future war where the whole world and the fate of humanity are basically relying on him to uh, fix it. Uh, that is essentially the film in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's got some heavy hitters as well. Obviously, you've already mentioned Chris Pratt. Yeah. We've got uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Strahovski. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Love this guy. Always, I don't care what he's in. I love this yeah. dude. Do you know, uh, when I, I didn't know he was in it. When I saw him pop up, I was like, yes, there he is. That actually brings me on to my first point, uh, which obviously you guys know about because I've been talking about it in the chat that we've got. But the trailer. Now, he's in the trailer, but let's just talk about the trailer generally. Andy, are you the type of guy who watches trailers before you see films? Uh, Generally not, although I will come on to that in a moment. Um, uh, Well, I'll come on to it now. I generally don't watch trailers. Um, I take recommendations from people and I just go for it and go on a punt. However, you started talking about the trailer for this in our group chat and i thought to myself well do you know what actually let's give it a while um so i watched the trailer first um I'm, I'm the total opposite to you i will watch as many trailers as i can before the film comes out because I'm, I'm not worried about spoilers um i've had films spoiled me for me before and i've still enjoyed them because I enjoy, I enjoy the process of the film not necessarily the ending because sometimes films could be let down by the ending but when I watched this, the, the trailers for this, I instantly thought of a couple of things. Number one, Independence Day. I'm like, well, you're not going to top that, Chris Pratt. So what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Number two, Edge of Tomorrow with um, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, which I thought was fantastic, but with a seriously weak ending. And it was kind of really mixing all the things together, which overall made the trailer for me seem really bland and generic. 
like a sci-fi summer blockbuster, something that you have seen a thousand times before. And honestly, there was nothing in the trailer that gripped me. I was like, oh, time travel stuff. I've seen all that. Aliens, they look really similar to other aliens that I've seen in the past. And yeah, there was nothing in there. I was like, eh, whatever. So why did you then? Why did you decide to watch it after watching the trailer? Because I think this one was your suggestion. It may well have been, but it's... it's um. I am I'm, I'm a sci-fi geek. I will watch good or bad anything science fiction related. So I knew and this is one of the reasons I don't mind watching trailers, because I knew regardless of whether the trailer was good or not, I was going to end up watching this because this is 100 percent up my street. It's you know, it's science fiction. It's aliens. It's got everything that I want in a film. But the problem was the trailer just made it seem very bland and very generic. So even even in modern, um, yeah, even in modern films, you you can find something quite interesting. I think the the last time I was pleasantly surprised in a big way was Edge of Tomorrow. I didn't expect it to be any good at all, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, well, actually, really, really good. Yeah. But I watched all the trailers leading up to that and had the opposite reaction. I thought, oh, this could be quite interesting, aliens and and. Uh, time travel but you know that's kind of the same thing that we got here aliens and time travel yeah so aliens and time travel are probably if you were to ask me to make a list of things that i would not want you to include in a film aliens and time travel would appear very high on that list this is so far from anything i would normally watch and so when i watched the trailer because you mentioned it in the group chat um to me it just looked like every other sci-fi film out there too much blue too much white too much too many explosions too much going on it just kind of it it, it, i don't know it didn't stand out as a particularly bad film it just kind of for me i thought the trailer just fit that genre but i guess that's the difference between someone who's seen tons of these films and someone who actively tries to distance themselves from these types of films yeah and even as somebody who actively goes after these films I mean, I've been searching Netflix and Amazon Prime for more science fiction today. I kind of do it on a on a, a by daily basis to see what's new and if any of it's science fiction. Um, but even I was not looking forward to this one. Um, it just it just seemed so bland and generic. Um, even with all the the special effects, because you know they'd spent some serious money on this. But there's only there's only so far special effects can take the plot or the entertainment value of a film before the brain's just like, this film's rubbish, I'm watching Pixels, can I go and do anything else, please? And that was kind of the the feeling that I got from the trailer, which I was very disappointed with. But then again, I couldn't watch trailers too much, should I? (laughs) So let's get into the uh, casting. Let's talk about the the cast, because um, Chris Pratt, I'm a huge fan of Chris Pratt, um, started watching him in 2011 when I was watching... Was it 2011? I think it was. Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec, yeah. Um, Absolutely loved him in that. Um, And then I've kind of followed him ever since. And he's gone from being this kind of chubby little funny dude to this ripped action hero. And it's quite the journey he's been on. But as someone who's also a chubby little dude uh i quite i quite like watching that journey in the hope that one day i'll be able to be as good as him yeah you're just (laughs) waiting for your uh your action uh stuff to come through it's like yes andy you have been cast in an action movie (laughs) because it's marvel i'm afraid you have to get ripped (laughs) yeah that's fine as long as i can eat donuts along the way it's fine um but yeah so i thought that was really good and i was really pleasantly surprised 
to see a von Strahovski in it. Um, so the last thing I saw her in was Handma The Handmaid's Tale. Um, it's a series. It's also on Amazon Prime. Um, I've read the book, but I've not yeah. seen the series. So she's in that, and she is just brilliant. And I mean, absolutely brutal, not a pleasant character at all. But I, I think she's an excellent actress, really, really good. Um, and I actually thought she was brilliant in this. Um, she had the right amount of kind of caring and coldness and everything you needed. And then obviously the obvious J.K. Simmons, who, in my opinion, wasn't in it enough. I wanted more of that. I I agree. I I enjoy I enjoyed his character so much that I wanted to see much much more of him. Yeah. We got a bit of him at the beginning just to set up his character, and then a bit at the end to essentially redeem his character. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. That's all J.K. Simmons needs is five minutes of screen time to set up and completely redeem himself because he's that good of an actor. <laughs> I just felt like there was room in the middle for him to perhaps go. So maybe we should explain. Um, so just a little. Well, should we should we go on to for, for anybody who uh, doesn't want to be spoiled? We're going to talk about spoilers because of the nature of this movie. There's a lot going on, and with time travel, we can't really talk around it. So we are going to go straight into spoilers. I think straight away. I think so, and I I even though the spo he called them spoilers. Um, I was really there wasn't anything in this film that I hadn't predicted ten minutes before. Well, this that. is it again. It's it's, right. it's so yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're in, we're in uh, is it twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, something? Yeah, like that? It's, it's near future, very near future. Yeah, and basically, um, uh, the a big uh, international football game, um, that everyone's watching live on television, and all of a sudden, this kind of like portal opens in the middle of the football field and these soldiers come out and they basically say we've come from the future and we need you to kind of help us there's been an alien invasion and you know we are about to be wiped off the face of the planet uh i really liked that concept i'll be honest someone who doesn't like sci-fi for me it felt kind of like Ooh, that would be really interesting if that happened next year or the year after. That'd be really cool. Um, or not cool. That'd be dreadful. But still. you said that'd be horrendous. I don't <laughs> want to get drafted to go to the future to fight some aliens. No thanks. Um, so then, you know, long story short, he ends up going through the portal as a soldier. He's an ex-marine, I think. Something like that. Yeah, or something like that. And he goes through, and it turns out that when he's there, he meets his daughter who mm -hmm. is now a colonel or some high-ranking something or other in yeah. the... Um, she's basically, regardless of rank, for purpose of the plot, she's in charge. Everything yeah. goes through her. So if, if you want something done, she's the one, she is the woman who makes the decision. She's completely in charge from this point forward. Yeah, and so then she's kind of off with him and they have to kind of rebuild this relationship whilst fighting aliens. And then, yeah, there's the, that is... That is essentially it. Um, it's a real, I don't know how I felt about the story in that I kind of really loved it and really loathed it all at the same time. Um, I, 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 like I said, I really like this concept of time travel. I really think that it's a really, it's a cool concept. Um, it's not something that I've ever kind of thrown myself into before. Uh, I've never watched Stargate or anything like that, but the, the kind of, I don't know, there were times where I was rolling my eyes, just being like, oh yeah, of course, here we go. 
But I had predicted that when he got there and he first met this girl, I was like, that's his daughter, 100%. That's his daughter. I just Absolutely. knew. Um, so when they but, did the, kind of the big reveal, I was like, yeah. Um, I don't think. I don't think there was a single member of the audience that didn't realize that as soon as uh, as soon as she was on screen, um, and just just before they do go back in in time, um, they set up some some side characters, which again they're comedic actors. So I don't know if you caught that, but a lot of the uh, the people that Chris Pratt goes back in with, and they literally just happen to be stood to his left and his right, they're comedic actors, which I thought was a little bit strange i th i thought it worked so fair play to whoever made that decision but these essential nobodies um uh, there we go i'm just trying to bring up the the cast now but my phone froze so you've got sam richardson it's so, like yeah he he's he's getting a name for himself and um who's mary, mary, mary lynn yeah, yeah. so i know from, that she um, she played a really serious role in house but she was also in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Where yeah, she and she, she, yeah. she also plays a recurring role, or at least she did, I think it's on the final season now, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, no, she, yeah. of course she does. Yeah, she's, um, uh, oh, I was literally just, what, I was binging it last night, I can't remember, Charles's wife. Um, yes. And then you've got Mike Mitchell, who pops up in, again, comedies all over the place. It's like, so you've got these comedic actors. And what I think that helped was to show that these are literally everyday people. Chris Pratt's the Marine. He's the odd one out. And everybody else around him is just kind of like, cool. Yeah. You're living and breathing. There's a gun. Go kill some aliens. I kind of liked that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, it I can't... to humanize them and show that these are not elites. It's like all you need to qualify, which we find out later, is that you are dead in the future, so you don't meet yourself. Um, and uh, you can hold a gun. Great, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't love that part. So I mean, it didn't really stand out so much. But like thinking about, it, I don't really love that idea. Especially the character really, really annoyed me when I was watching this. I don't know what his name is, um, but the guy who's just really bitter and he's on his third tour or something like that of the um of, of doing the thing maybe i could find it here yeah you you find out later on that he's he's Dorian. dying of cancer yeah but oh my life just come off it like yeah every cliche in the <laughs> book just god it's it yeah. is a little heavy-handed in places i mean it it goes for emotional beats that it doesn't earn um it, it's just kind of like it's a big movie. We've got to get these beats in here. So there you go and make up your own mind. And yeah, I don't think it worked. Um, but uh, I, I like that they tried. I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> they tried. Now, one of, one of the emotional beats that they, tr that they set up, I thought they set up really well, was um, Chris Pratt struggling with civilian life and being essentially a nobody. Because yeah. just before he gets sent back in time or before this happens, or excuse me, into the future, not back in time, um he is turned down from a job role that he's perfect for and you can see that he's struggling to settle into civilian life um and i kind of I, I really i really appreciated that beat yeah even I'm though you know that he's the one who's going to save the day so there's there's his story arc somebody who's constantly turned down for not being good enough in civilian life ends up being the guy who saves us all Whoopee! yeah no i i liked that i thought i i can yeah 
absolutely agree with you on that. I think that kind of that bit where he's on his laptop waiting for that call and then he gets turned down from that job. You know, you really just, I think that was really clever in lots of ways because you become quite attached to him. You, you're kind of rooting for him, aren't you? Straight off the gun. Yeah. You're not, they've done all the, all the kind of the, the, the work beforehand to make you like this character is done in those moments. And um, it, I thought that was very good. And unless you've got anything else to kind of add with regards to emotional beats and characterization, I'd really like to kind of get stuck into the look of the film. Yeah, that's clearly that's this quite is. Say. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all about visuals. Let let's face it. This is your, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, this may have hit cinemas, even though it's an Amazon. Well, it, it would have hit cinemas absolutely. So it was originally it was meant to be released in cinemas. Yeah. Um, and because it's it's. Amazon are billing it as an Amazon original movie, um, but this isn't a film that was produced by Amazon. Um, Who did they buy it from? Paramount. Ah. Yeah, and so it's been distributed by Amazon, so it's an Amazon original in that sense. But I think they've bought the whole distribution rights um, for Prime. Um, I think that's right. And now I'd be interested in how much they paid for it because the budget of this film, according to Wikipedia, is $200 million. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if, you know, if they've actually covered themselves in that. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't see, wow. They're spending apparently billions on uh, the new Lord of the Rings TV series. So, you know, a few hundred million wouldn't be anything. What, yeah, Amazon Prime. Yeah, so they're, they're they're reported to have spent a lot on the new uh, new Lord of the Rings TV series that hasn't even uh, hasn't even come out yet. Wow. I think they because I think they've purchased or purchased the rights to make five seasons right up front. Whoa! Yeah, they're, they're not even going for one season and seeing how it goes. They've bought the rights for five seasons right up front. That's insane. I know, right? So wow. they're you know Amazon. You clearly know something we don't. Um, because even a property like Lord of the Rings, as big as it was, mm. it's old now. It's an old property. I mean, the films came out in the early 2000s. It's a hell of a punt, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> enough I'm, of I'm So I'm I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page now as we're talking. So uh, Amazon paid the uh, around 200 million dollars for it. The Paramount so, might have broken even. Yeah, but you know, really, I think this film should have you know made a. a it's a, it's. A Definitely one that begs to be seen on a big screen. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. the money's in the visuals and obviously some of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. But um, imagine watching this in IMAX. Oof. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. What did, anyway. you, what, did you, what did you think of the creature design? Because as I alluded to before already, I think that's possibly where it's weakest because I, I there's nothing in this creature that jumps out at you as original like you've got alien from alien yeah. double jaws can't see yeah. how does it you know and you've got predator and even to a degree you've got the aliens that are in edge of tomorrow these aliens kind of felt like a hybrid of all of those things oh, it was this is i know they say nothing in film is original but this is almost taking the piss wasn't it, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> we're taking bits of everything. um yeah no i didn't like it and i actually found the film was much more enjoyable when we had only seen the aliens from a distance mm. um that kind of suspense that was kind of what are these creatures i actually found it was much more enjoyable and then all of a sudden when they're in that cave and they see them and we start seeing it up close and stuff i just sort of went ah it's a bit rubbish um, you see i i had a 
I, I, I think the same. I think the aliens themselves don't look great. I think you could have spent a bit more time designing something different. But I felt you, you've got two massive contrasts here. You've got the bits uh, in the future where the aliens break through the last city's defences and they're being swarmed by thousands of these things um, as Chris Pratt tries to make it back in time with the... Uh, it's not a cure. It's um, it's a biological weapon. It, if you if you can inject it into them, it'll kill them. So you've got that massive set piece, explosions and gun, and all wonderfully, wonderfully done. And on the direct contrast, you've got the ending of this film, where they're in a tight cave because they discover. Which, by the way, I thought was okay. Cool. That's kind of cool. They were already here to begin with. They discover that the aliens didn't come from outer space. They came from underneath the ice where they crash landed, what, thousands of years ago? Do you know, I, that was one part I actually really liked about the plot. So did I. And again, yeah. it's a direct ripoff from The Thing. Is it? Oh, okay. Because that's how The Thing is discovered, under the ice caps, <laughs> crash landed thousands of years ago. Right. But I really enjoyed the way that they put that into the plot. Yeah. But I thought that the contrast between the massive set piece and this very closed confined you know uh, a small group of aliens and by small i mean maybe a couple of hundreds mm, um, yeah. against a team of i forget the exact number was it six of them in the end so, about that? yeah five six something like that yeah. i actually preferred the team of six versus the hundreds as opposed to this massive spectacle and thousands of aliens yeah. um i just thought that it, it contrasted nicely first off but i much preferred the end piece to the, like the, the midsection piece so when I was watching it, I had wrongly assumed that the bit on the in in the water on the rig was the um, was the end was that was the finale. Yeah. Uh, and there's a moment where um, Yvonne Strahovski's character um, drops off it, and I was like, oh no! And I genuinely I was like, a lump in my throat at that point, going, oh no! I didn't want her to die. I wanted her to live. And is he going to be able to go back in time and all this stuff? And then all of a sudden he does get back in time and then there's more to the story i was like oh cool okay yeah. nice where are we gonna go with this now and i liked that i thought it was, that was cool. i agree with you entirely i they could have ended it there where he goes back in time you know i've got the bioweapon that's going to kill them all but there was more to it and i really appreciated that because at that point it didn't feel like a complete film they could have left it there and ended it 10 minutes later but I love that they went further with it and they, they spent more time building, albeit a very thin, but more of a backstory to where these aliens came from, whilst yeah, still not fully explaining where they came from, which I think is the mistake that the more recent alien films are doing. They're trying to give alien a backstory right. because with Prometheus and uh, Covenant, they're trying to explain where the alien came from. Mm-hmm. I'm like thousands, if not millions of other people. I prefer not knowing. As I, I think it's scarier the fact that we don't know. And yeah. even though this film is able to give them a backstory, it only goes so far. We know that they were already on Earth, but they did crash land from somewhere. Yeah. And I love that they don't bother trying to explain it. I think it's brilliant. And I yeah. hope it's something they don't try to explain in the sequel, which has oh. been relit. Fuck. Sorry. Excuse yeah, no, friend. I'm right there with you. I'm like, how, how do you make a sequel to this without absolutely destroying it? That's stupid, man, because what are they possibly going to do? They've, they've managed to get this all into a really nice, cohesive, rounded story. Oh, that's such a shame because... Yeah. 
Yeah. And now they're going to make a sequel. It's like, uh. yeah. Um, I just want to talk um, about the camera work in this film. Um, mm. So something that really stuck out for me and um, what was the camera work? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and the uh, cinematographer who was in charge of it is a guy who um, essentially does a lot of Zack Snyder films. I think that was, you could see moments of that, kind of the 300 um, sucker punch type um, camera work within it, but without it being the kind of 300 and Super 8, no, sorry, not Super 8, um, <laughs> sucker, uh, sucker punch childish kind of um, stuff. He also did Super 8, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Ah, cool, nice. Um, but he... It was wicked. I thought the camera work was really good. It was really strong. You had really impressive kind of high angle shots, establishing shots that really were impressive. Um, and yeah, I'm sure so much of it was done in green screen shoot in studios, whatever. But actually, it didn't feel like it when you were watching it. Like I don't know if, if you've have you seen Three Hundred. I have, yeah. Yeah, so the whole of 300 was filmed in front of green screens. When you're yeah. watching it, there's no depth to that film. Don't get me wrong, the visuals are quite cool, but there's no real depth to it. You, you know, when when you see these high-angle shots and loads of people, it looks computer-generated. Yeah. didn't get that at all in this. No. Uh, those high-angle shots where there's loads of stuff going on, obviously the aliens are computer-generated, but they've done clearly a good job there. But the actual, the grounds, the terrain, the characters, they all, it all felt real. And I really liked that. Absolutely. Some of the best action pieces in this were in close quarters. So they, they clearly had the money to do whatever they wanted. But some of the best, most effective action was when they were in buildings trying to run away from the aliens or when they were on the oil rig at the end and they were actually cornered and captured in different segments of the oil rig itself. All of the really cool and effective stuff was in close quarters. Um, and the, the initial reveal was in a, or the initial scary reveal was in a stairwell going up a building. And I thought that they handled that really, really well. Because you could have done that in any way that you wanted and they chose tight angles in small spaces to finally reveal their alien, which, to yeah. be fair, I think showed a great um, confidence with what they had created. And, you know, rightly so, even though they clearly adapted from other aliens, the end result in what they had created still looked really good. It didn't look like some CGI monstrosity. It's just a shame that it looked like a hodgepodge of aliens from other films. Um, Absolutely. The design, so so, but what they yeah. ended up with did look really, really good and extremely effective. Yeah, well, saying that though, um, we were talking about um, oh, what was the film we reviewed a little while ago, um, where the guys in the cave underneath and aliens have taken over the no, they haven't even taken over. So something has caused all of the insects and creatures to grow. You talk about love of monsters. Yes, love of yeah, monsters. Love of monsters. Right. Yeah. So Love of Monsters had a significantly smaller budget than this, like massively smaller than this. And those, I'm going to call them aliens, but they're not. Those creatures were no less impressive than what we saw in this film. To be fair, the creatures in Love of Monsters are going to be really, really, really hard to beat. Um, yeah. the, the, the amount of detail and design that went into those things was incredible. I've yeah. not se I have not seen a sci-fi create any creature with that amount of detail using CGI um to my recollection i mean it, it it is literally some of the best work i've ever seen 
And you're right. It, again, it's a film that's got four, five, six times the budget. And even though what they've created is good, it's very cut and paste. Yeah. Yeah. It really, and it just, I don't know. But do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to come out of it now. I, I genuinely really enjoyed this film. Um, I, I went into it obviously I had to watch it for the podcast I was like all right here we go right let's go and I was I was genuinely hooked I was invested in the characters I was invested in the the storyline I really enjoyed this and I think I don't know if you remember um afterwards I was like guys you got to send me some more suggestions more of this oh yeah so I think if you're not someone who uh likes sci-fi then actually I don't think this film is 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 it's no Star Wars. There's nothing in this film that, and this is going to sound so stupid because clearly there is. There's nothing in this film where you're like, what? That's completely unbelievable. Now, uh, I know it sounds really stupid because we're talking about aliens taking over the planet and blah, 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 and people time traveling and all this stuff because clearly none of that's real. But it just, the way they present it to you in the film makes it feel very natural. It doesn't feel stupid. It doesn't mm. feel like it's a million miles away from what we could do and i really liked that and i think the reason for that and we've discussed this before in the pod is the rules that they set in the beginning they follow them throughout the entire film they don't break any rules and so for me one of the biggest um ways that you can suspend your disbelief is if you're happy to go along with the rules that the film creators set. But if the film creators set those rules and then in act three, they start to break those rules, then it really starts to divulge into stupidity and complete nonsense. But everything that they set up, they pay off and they don't break any of the rules that they set. So you have to accept that time travel is a thing, but in their universe, time travel works in a very specific way. It even fails right at the beginning of the film because of their launch destination, they don't actually, yeah, and that that was quite harrowing, actually. Um, I'm not going to go into that. You can discover that for yourselves. Um, <laughs> but they follow the rules that they set, and it is so easy not to do that, that so many films are like, they sacrifice the rules they set for a big picture. It's like, oh, this could be excellent, but you can't do that because of X, Y, Z. Ah, shut up, it's fiction. We make the rules. Yes, but follow the rules that you make for the love of God. Um, and I think that goes a long way to enjoying a film like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I, I did enjoy this a lot. Um, yeah, I thought it was, thought it was great. Um, well, in which case I, I may as well say, um, one of the, I, I remember in the, the group that we've got on, uh, on Telegraph, um, oh. I watched the trailer and I was not happy. And then I went and watched the film because I was always going to anyway. And I think I put in in the chat, I was like, guys, this film is a lot better than the trailers make it look like. You have to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and here we are talking about it. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm this film's target audience. Yeah, for sure. 100%. There's, there's no doubt about that. But even I had my reservations when I looked at the trailers and I came away from it thinking wow those trailers sucked this film is excellent on so many different levels 100 i would recommend this and i think that that's really cool though that it is something that um 
people who are really into their sci-fi and people who aren't into their sci-fi can enjoy together. Um, you know, I actually, I'd love to, I'd love to have time traveled, you know, as to, on the subject, but gone back and actually watched this with the four, with the three of you, the four of us together. Um, because I'd love, eating popcorn, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I just think that like, it could be a really nice shared experience. Um, Cause you know, there are moments in the film where I did want to talk about it. And I'm, you know, I watched this with my wife who, uh, you know, she she uh, enjoyed it. You know, I'm not going to say she loved it, but she she enjoyed it. Um, but you know, she didn't want to have that kind of discussion, which I think the the three of us probably would have really gotten into. Oh, absolutely! And it, you know, it's a shame that the other someone, two couldn't be here. Could... Someone, oh. someone who's sorry, I mean, there was a little bit of lag there. My bad. Um, and yeah, it's it's a shame Sorry, that the other two couldn't be here, but um, both of them, bless, are busy with children, because um, Sam right. has just had a new arrival. Congratulations, Sam! And how exciting! Uh, yeah, and Matt Matt is struggling to get his to bed for the pod. Bless him. And um, it's it's very you, hot. So I was going to say, if you're a parent who listens to this podcast, like that's kind of your our target audience, uh, uh, yeah. you'll know exactly we're talking about this is this isn't unique to anyone is it it's uh, something we've all struggled with so you have our sympathies absolutely now uh because we've given our um our recommendations i'm just gonna look for it now here we go so sam did send over his review which i'm going to read out because he knew he wouldn't be able to make it because of his newborn um but matt matt didn't know whether he could or couldn't so i'm going to read out sam's so sam put Overall, I think The Tomorrow War is an adequate science fiction movie with great visuals, but the plot is too weak and lacks originality. And we've already spoken to how they've borrowed heavily from other films. Um, it felt like there were two plots crammed together in this movie. The time travel army recruitment with its personal and societal impacts and the alien invasion with the race to find a strategy to save humanity. I don't think either plot was properly explored and there wasn't enough originality in the execution of the story. It felt like the movie was overreaching, maybe as a result of the big blockbuster, uh, big blockbuster writer's room process. Yeah, it's possible. I thought Chris Pratt and Yvonne Strahovski held their own in the lead roles and I did get on board with their relationship across time to a certain degree. The rest of the cast were fairly forgettable with the exception of J.K. Simmons as muscle grandpa. <laughs> nice sound but we've already said that jk simmons is excellent in pretty much everything he does yeah. um uh the movie is visually impressive and think it would have benefited from being released in cinemas absolutely agree with him there the alien designs was a strong point well we can disagree too but yeah we can disagree i don't yeah. want to disagree too much because he's not here to defend himself um and i loved uh, I loved scale of, and, and the action in scene involving the attack on the oil rig base. To be fair, it was a beautifully um, done scene. I'm not going to lie. However, you can find these visuals in most AAA video games these days. He's not wrong there. I wouldn't recommend this movie. Well, I, I haven't, I haven't pre-read this. So this is a shock to me. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this movie. Not because it's a bad but because there are other movies with similar concepts that are considerably better. He's got a fair point. Instead, watch Edge of Tomorrow for a better time travel plot device or Interstellar for a more poignant father-daughter relationship. Interstellar. Now, that's a film I saw in the cinema. Mm. It blew me away. That's a film. Yes. Inter oh, 
<laughs> what is that on streaming? We should do that. That's... Uh, it was on stream. It was on Prime ages ago. I don't know if it's still on there. But yeah, Interstellar, great story. Mm-hmm. But funny one. I think Interstellar is more uh divisive i think this is much more enjoyable by a much larger audience I agree. As, as is it as is its design and interstellar is much more divisive as an example i know that my wife would thoroughly enjoy uh the tomorrow war she found interstellar incredibly dull yeah. whereas i thoroughly enjoyed it i went to the cinema with uh my wife and another couple to see interstellar and when we walked out of the cinema I was like, that film was amazing. And they thought I was joking. And they, all three of them absolutely hated it. And we went for drinks afterwards. And I could not understand why they didn't enjoy it. I'm, like, I'm I, there with you, Andy. I loved it. And I've got it on DVD. I thought it was a fantastic film. Um, I guess we don't need to... Re- <laughs> don't need to yeah, re- right, let's not talk about it. <laughs> but honestly, I think, I think this film is, is really... I was, I was shocked at how... how yeah how much I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say how good it is because it's not, you know, this isn't, this isn't going to kind of rock any worlds necessarily, but it, it it was an enjoyable time watching it. I did like it. It does exactly what it is designed for. And that is sheer fun and entertainment. Yeah, for sure. Although it does have some um, scary bits. Uh, It's, it's, it's not your, straight up action like independence day it does try and play around with uh slightly more tense scenes and it's not your straight up alien and um time travel movie like edge of tomorrow which really plays around with the whole time travel aspect of things i think you'd enjoy it but um i don't mind i don't mind if you've seen it have you yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time and time and time again. I think, yeah, see, they, no. they had fun with the whole time time travel aspect. I think yeah. even I really, though... I really is... liked that. Uh, the thing I hated about that film was the end. I can't remember what the happened, but I remember very, oh, the end. Thinking, yeah. What? You've just ruined this film. I can't... Yeah. The end, anyway. Yeah, the ending was a bit pants. Even I agree with that. But I, I don't mind that the Tomorrow War borrows from all of these different sci-fi films. And it very clearly does. It borrows from Independence Day and Edge of Tomorrow and The Thing and all sorts. But I don't mind. I really enjoyed watching all of those kind of mashed into a melting pot. Um, and, and I thought it worked really well. So yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on board for this film. I think yeah. you should definitely watch it. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm really surprised that Sam wouldn't recommend it, actually. It's yeah, but it's nice though because if you're the type of person who normally agrees with Sam on this pod, then you know not to watch it. So I, I, I think it's probably important that we don't all agree all the time. That's good. It just for me, it just seemed like one. Yeah, that I was surprised. Uh, right up his alley. He's such a big fan of sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but it might be because it's borrowing too heavily from other sci-fi's. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But no, fair play, Sam. We appreciate that. Um, right. That is us on the uh, the Tomorrow War. Uh, next episode, we're going to be covering Guns and Kimbo with Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Why is Harry Potter doing something called Guns and Kimbo? Yeah, man. Look ah. forward to that one. Anyway, yeah, more about that next episode. Ladies and gents, we've been Parents on Pictures Podcast. I've been Damien. Damien, before you go. No, what? Where can you find us, man? Oh, Come on. Crappy, crappy. Well, what, what we're going to stop doing is where can you listen to us? Because we're going to assume that people are listening so they wouldn't come to the podcast <laughs> to figure out where they can listen. It always oh. felt dumb. But yes, where can they find us? Andy. Bro, social media. Get onto Facebook. Get onto Twitter. Okay. Get on there. Follow us. Like us. Facebook's more active than Twitter. 
um, it's kind of, I guess it's our generation, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I teach younger um, children and nobody, none of them use Facebook. They even say, oh, Facebook, yeah, that's for the older people. I'm like, you little <laughs> but uh, you know get on there you know we're posting stuff about upcoming episodes and uh doing polls about what you might want to hear and if you've got any recommendations if you've got anything that you want us to review get in touch and let us know you know we'd love to hear your thoughts um and again you know if you've got any uh constructive criticism uh let us know man <laughs> you know we're all ears and you know we we, we do this because it's fun and because we enjoy it um, but if you've got something you want us to do, let us know. You know, we, we yeah, yeah, always up for uh, for some suggestions. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, as long as you understand that we like to keep the format nice and casual. We come in here, and it even says it right at the beginning. We come in here and we chat about it. We don't really have a set way of doing things. Not at all. And do you know what, Damo? We haven't had a proper catch up this week. So ever so quickly, what you've been watching on telly this week, bud? Oh, good shout. So. And this is going to be a regular feature in the future. Um, I have actually been watching an awful lot um, because I've been doing a lot of paperwork. And so I hate paperwork and I always put something in the background. Um, so recently I started watching. Um, oh, I've got to break. I've watched so much. I want to make sure that I talk about the good stuff. Um, so recently on Netflix, I have started to rewatch um, something called. Where's my, here we go. So Sweet Home. Sweet Home is an Asian TV series, which I believe is based on a manga. And it is horrific. Okay. So if you don't like your horror, you don't like your gore, avoid it at all costs. Um, but it is essentially about, uh, da, da, da. now I'm, I'm going to keep these episodes specifically to the TV that I'm watching because we don't really cover TV. Um, but this is uh, Chao Hyun Su moves into the rundown green home by himself, not long after he witnesses a disturbing sight in his neighbor's apartment. Um, that doesn't really set it up. Basically, and this is the second time I've seen this TV series, uh, without giving too much away, uh, human beings start turning into demons. So if you've done anything evil, then you start to turn into a personification of your actions. And so you've got people who, uh, who they get decapitated and they come back as demons and they're trying to kill everybody. And basically it's this apartment block trying to survive when the apocalypse is what happens if everybody turns to demons. It is horrific and it is wonderfully gruesome. So that's what I've been re-watching. Amongst other things, I've just recently started a Star Trek Deep Space Nine marathon again can't wait to get that finished i'm on season four on that one um and i know that you guys don't have it but i also have now and i have shudder i have a lot of streaming platforms um on now tv i've been watching something called the prodigy which is a shame because it was cancelled after the second season but it's basically what if hannibal lecter was played by martin sheen and had a son and his son was a detective and they helped solve uh, crimes together it's amazing and they come out for two seasons um but that's not wicked no i like the sound of that but that's what that's on now that's also a streaming platform um and yeah crikey i've been watching so much recently but again i've got a lot of paperwork to do so i put i put stuff on in the background when i'm watching paperwork and last but not least i've just started to play microsoft's flight simulator and <laughs> Boy, does that have me hooked. 
uh, after this pod, I'm probably going to go on a long distance flight from um, Heathrow to Tokyo, and I'm going to chuck some uh, some TV on in the background whilst I fly. Just like a real pilot. <laughs> I mean, uh, absolutely. What What are you up to, dude? Just, I haven't watched a lot of telly this week. The thing I have been watching, though, is on Amazon Prime called Life in Pieces. Um, it's a TV series about a family. It's really similar to um, another TV series, which I think is on Netflix called Modern Family. Uh, it's really similar to that, but actually I much prefer Life in Pieces. It's much, uh, it's just funnier. Um, each episode split into four sections and you follow a different part of the family for each kind of mini story throughout that. And they're all kind of linked. Um, it's just a great sitcom. Highly recommend it. Life in Pieces. Uh, it's got Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks's son in it. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. And there's there's some characters in there that you'd recognise. James Brolin um, plays the dad. Um, yeah, highly recommend that. Really great, great bit of television. Love it. And this is it. We're going to do little mini reviews at the end of what we've been watching. We're going to keep it to... And I'm probably TV series because we don't cover TV series on here. We we do more films. We've we've covered the occasional piece, um, but nothing in great depth. Wonderful. Right. In which case, Andy, say bye-bye now. Bye-bye. See you all soon. Bye.